So the last few weeks of my life, um, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm pastor, and a lot of times you guys got to hear what God is teaching me. A lot of times I learn things, and I just go ahead and share them because that's where I'm at. And so in the past few weeks of my life, I've been going through a process that seems to repeat itself time and time again. And we did a funeral a few weeks ago. That was what I would call non-traditional. And we did a wedding a couple weeks or uh, not even a couple weeks, a, a week ago, that I would say was non-traditional. And then last Sunday, we had church, and I would say that it was non-traditional. And so as a pastor, I've been wrestling with the Lord, like, what am I supposed to be learning through this? What's important? What's the value? Why are we doing what we're doing? This morning, we're going to celebrate communion. And again, this idea of tradition has been set before me. I want to share a testimony last week because I won't go into the details because they're very untraditional details. I talked about last week we had service and and what our church service was, was ministering to our community through a water bottle outreach. And so we ministered to our community through a water bottle outreach and about four o'clock I got a phone call from someone in a non-traditional atmosphere saying that they met someone who wanted to be baptized. So at 4.30, I was in the White River baptizing a young man that was in the rodeo because he desired to be baptized. God does pretty incredible things when we function sometimes in non-traditional ways. I said, how many of our Sundays have ended with a baptism in the White River? And when I talk about tradition, there's there's a clip that runs through my mind. My parents... I believe it was on one of their dates, went and saw a movie. And so that movie was one that played in our home uh, rather often. So as a child, I watched this movie a few times. And so I want to show this clip. How to sleep, how to eat, how to work, how to wear clothes. For instance, we always keep our heads covered and always wear a little prayer shawl. This shows our constant devotion to God. You may ask. How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do.
Traditions, traditions. Without our traditions, our lives would be as shaky as as, as a fiddler on the roof. Now, the story of this movie, uh, that, that man you met, his name is Tevya, and he has daughters, and he's wrestling through the reality of tradition in his life. And as his daughters get married, the tradition is dad gets to choose who the daughter marries, and a daughter approaches him and says, I've met a guy, and so they get married. And then his other daughter says, I've met a guy, and he was a Russian Jew, and, 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 and he, she didn't ask dad for his permission to get married. She told him she was getting married. And then his final daughter, and what we see at the, toward the end of the movie is his final daughter comes and she's got a man who's a non-Jew who she wants to marry, who she tells dad she's marrying, and he chooses tradition over his daughter. Tradition. Tradition. I will tell you this, when I start to talk about tradition, there'll be some people who get a little bit concerned because you talk about tradition and, and, and we get a little bit uneasy. I might step on a few toes today. I hope I do. God's been stepping on my toes about things recently just because of this idea of tradition. We have a funeral. It's got to be this way. We've got to do these things. We don't know why. We do them tell you. Why do I wear a prayer shawl? I'll tell you what. Where did this start? I don't know. You know, and as we talk about tradition in this setting, I said life is steeped with tradition. Think about the 4th of July in Crawford, Nebraska. You can't tell me there's not something more traditional than the parade, than the rodeo, than the fireworks, than the beer can baseball in the park. I mean, seriously, talk about traditions. Faith, it's steeped in tradition. Christianity is steeped in this idea of tradition. The definition in the Oxford language of tradition, the transmission of customs or beliefs from generation to generation, or the fact of being passed on in this way. The theology of it is a doctrine believed to have divine authority, though not in the Scripture. You know, and so it's easy. When we talk about tradition, to picture other faiths or other denominations. Right? I grew up Catholic. I mean, it's hard not to think of tradition. That's why in the background of my picture, that's the mirror, the window. I don't know if it's still there. I'm not sure if it got destroyed in the fire or not. The stained glass from Notre Dame. I mean, that's what we think of when it comes to tradition. We look at their service. We look at what they do and we begin to say, man, there are a people that are steeped in tradition. Tradition. But the Assemblies of God, the, the movement that we're a part, of, a part of, it started in a revival from the early 1900s and about 1914 is when we became a fellowship. Guess what? We're in the generation to generation season. And so a lot of what we do, and some people don't like this, they say we're not a traditional people, but I say go into most Assemblies of God churches in America and and the service will look pretty similar. We come together. We have some time of fellowship. We sing some songs. We take up an offering. We have an altar call or we preach a sermon. And then we have an altar call. And in the middle of all of that can be tradition. I was talking about this with my brother-in-law who's in some classes for his doctorate of, in ministry, whatever they call it. I'm not sure what it is. 
a demon, I guess. And, and so he said he was in a class. And this, I, I want, I want, it stepped on my toes. I hope it steps on your toes. He said his professor told him that the American church is addicted to sermons. But wait, sermons are good. Well, I tell you, the Lord began to challenge me, or I challenged myself, and I said, am I an enabler? I feel like God's given me a gift to preach, and I value what He's given me, but, but the reality is that many things we do, we do just because we've always done them. And we don't stop and think, why am I doing that? Why am I going to church? Why are we singing songs in worship? Why is a girl getting upset and crying while we're singing? Why do we take up an offering? Why does pastor preach and get sweaty every Sunday time and time again? I don't know. But I felt good. I did it. Tradition. I want to read a chapter in, in Mark chapter 7 uh, where Jesus is dealing with this idea of tradition. So it says in Mark chapter 7, verse 1, the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and they saw some of his disciples eating with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. Now, uh, in my devotion, Mama came out. I'm not going to say Mama right now. Um, if you want to hear that, you have to watch the devotion on Facebook. I talked about mamas right now. The Pharisees weren't upset like your mom or grandma that you came to the table and didn't wash your hands. They weren't upset that these people were eating with, with filthy hands. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. So when they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless... When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, of pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? So what's going on in this context? Jesus and his disciples have come from the marketplace. They sat down to eat a meal. And they didn't go through the tradition. The ceremonial cleansing of hands. I'm guessing they rinsed their hands off. I'm guessing they weren't coming to the table with, with stuff all over their fingers. They were coming to eat a meal. And the Pharisees saw this. And because they weren't holding to the tradition, they became upset. Why were they upset? Were they worried about the well-being of the guys that were eating? Were they concerned with whether or not they were going to catch an infection because they had some, some dung on their fingers? They were worried because they didn't keep to the tradition. Tradition. I say this, and the response that that Jesus begins to give is is the response that, that as a pastor sometimes I want to come up with because sometimes tradition stands in the way of relationship. Sometimes tradition, people are more compelled by what they're doing rather than what they're doing, what, what they're doing is accomplishing in them. So because of tradition, why did you go to church this morning? Tradition. Why did you pray today? Tradition. Why did you read the word? Tradition. Why do we take communion? 
tradition? Jesus responds with the words of the prophet. He says, he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. It's about as strong of a word as Jesus uses. Like hypocrite, I'm not saying Jesus cussed, but that's kind of like his, he's, he's correcting people. Um, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their teachings are merely human rules. You've let go of the commands of God and are holding to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. So he, he not only rebukes him and says, you guys are hypocrites. You're leaving a double life. You're, 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 you're so compelled by others following the traditions of God, you don't recognize in your own life where your traditions, the things that you've always done, the practices that you've decided are standing in the way of your relationship with God. You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your mother and father, and anyone who curses their mother or father is to be put to death. But you say, I better catch up, sorry. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corbin, that is devoted to God, then you can no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. And I don't want to go into the mother, father, honoring them with what is offered to God. What I want to recognize is the reality of you nullifying the word of God by your traditions. Why do we do what we do? Why do we have funerals? And why do we exchange wedding rings? And why do we gather together on Sundays? Tradition. You see, I want to look at the Word of God because I want to find from the Word of God where the balance is because truly the Word of God is balanced on tradition. I know it may seem like pastors coming at us and saying we shouldn't do anything traditional and people are wondering what is church going to look like next Sunday. The reality is, 1 Corinthians, it's a letter that was written by Paul. He writes to the church in Corinth. And it's about the tradition that we're going to be keeping this morning. Follow by example. As I follow the example of Christ. I praise you for remembering me in everything and doing what? Holding on to the traditions just as I pass them to you. Pastor's schizophrenic. Today you just told me Jesus called people hypocrites for holding on to traditions. Now you're reading me Paul's word where he says, follow me as I follow Christ. And he says, hold on precisely as I've given you every tradition. So what is the balance Like, where do we come in on this? When I look at the Word of God, I mean, this has been the challenge for me as a pastor. I'm like, man, people are going to wonder what's going on. Because in the Word, we see in Mark chapter 7, Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees because of tradition. But we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 
Paul is encouraging the church to hold fast, to hold tightly to the traditions that he's passed on. So where, church, does this fall? I mean, Jesus. So we talked about Jesus in Mark 7. What about Jesus in Luke chapter 22? After taking the cup, he gave thanks. He said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. He took some bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. He gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the cup, after supper, he took a cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus told them to do what? To do this what? In remembrance. Jesus is at a Passover feast which was steeped in tradition. He was in a very traditional moment using traditional elements to reveal principles of him, messianic principles and the understanding of the covenant of God in this meal. And he says, here, I'm going to give you a tradition. Tradition. First Corinthians 11 is written about the people because they've messed up this tradition. I know you read the first part of that and it may seem a little bit odd, but you get down closer to the verses that we read for communion. And they begin to talk to the church because they've been participating in remembrance of Jesus. They've been following the tradition. The things got all messed up. They were gathering together for meals. They were celebrating communion, the supper together. And some people were associating with just the people that they liked. And they weren't letting anyone else at their table. And they were going through the line first. And they were taking everything. And there were a lot of people who were hungry. And then Paul says, and then some of you are going so far as to get drunk at the communion feast. Tradition. We had communion. I got drunk. It was great. Tradition. See, Paul is saying you're missing the point of what you've come together. You're missing the reason that Jesus even established this tradition in the first place. Tradition. Where do we fall then? Because Pastor, you told me tradition's good and tradition's bad. I'm leaving here confused today. Which one is it? Well, I had this picture in my mind that tradition must start with the cross. You see what I did? If you didn't see it, maybe I can do it again. Tradition must start with the cross. I'm going to do it one more time because some people are slow. Tradition, it starts with the cross. If you take the, the cross out of tradition, all you've got is radiation. Or radishion. It's foolishness! If you take the cross out of tradition, it makes no sense. I looked it up just to make sure. The word, and I just took out the first cross. Radition is not a word. Pastor might use it sometime because it gets carried away. But it's not a word. It's foolishness. It means nothing. You take the cross out of your tradition and it means absolutely nothing. And so many times, what happens is tradition becomes more 
about the T than the cross. It becomes more about crossing the T and dotting the I than it is about what the cross is speaking to me in this moment. I talked about traditional church. My grandparents went to the traditional Catholic church their entire lives. They were about as traditional people as you could meet. And I believe that they are dancing with Jesus this day because tradition was compelled by the cross because their heart position was in line with the moment and they received relationship with God through the tradition. 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 The prophet. Isaiah. One who he said, these people are hypocrites. How do I evaluate my heart process in what I do? He said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He says these people are going through the motions. It's easy to sing songs, to gather together. Have you ever been there where you read your Bible but you didn't read a word? But I mean, you were on your app, so you could click that you read that day. Have you ever noticed yourself in worship suddenly thinking about whether your food was burning in the kitchen? Tradition. Whatever I do, Whatever's been passed on to me, whatever I've learned to do, must start with the cross. Because the cross is really the beginning of my relationship with God. It's through the cross that I was able to recognize that he called me his very own. It's through the cross that I realized that sin was keeping me from him, that, can, that, that sin was putting me in a place where I couldn't have relationship with him. And I recognized that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die so that I might have relationship with him. He loved me enough to send his son to die through the cross when I recognized that God loved me enough that my sin no longer defined me, but what Jesus Christ accomplished when he said it is finished and sin and death was defeated. It's through the cross that I begin to realize that I want to become a closer follower of Christ. It's through the cross that I recognize that God has the very best for me, that he wants the very best for me, and maybe it's through tradition, and maybe it's through processes, but I can grow in relationship with him. You see, tradition that doesn't lead to relationship is foolishness. I'm telling you. If you don't have a relationship with God, it's silly to sing him songs. Huh? What's the point? If you don't have a relationship with God, why get up it? early in the morning to get your Sunday best on and come to church and listen to some guy babble on and on while you're hungry because there's food in the kitchen. It's foolish. And anybody that tells you that is absolutely right. I need the cross to begin my tradition. You guys can come forward with whatever's going to be in worship or 
communion. We're going to do communion this morning. And in the catalyst of this is I desire our heart position. Last week before our outreach, I talked about the position of our heart. This morning, as we, as we enter into a very traditional thing, this is a once-a-month thing that, that we participate in. It's something that we can just do with our lips. But the prophet said, let's do this with our hearts. That we can allow ourselves to be in a position where we acknowledge the cross of Jesus Christ. That's why he said, do this in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim my death. Where was his death? We're proclaiming the cross until he comes. It's beginning with the cross. It's easy to have some, some, some bread that doesn't taste real good. You wonder if it's from Mars or something. And some grape juice that's got a lot of flavor, so you want to drink it second because it gets the flavor of the bread out of your mouth. And if that's what you want out of it, that's what you get. If you just want to say, I took communion today, pat yourself on the back and go home. I listened to pastor today, pat yourself on the back and go home. I sang a song today, pat yourself on the back and go home. I raised my hands today, pat yourself on the back and go home. That's what you get. But recognize this, the cross transforms. Jesus didn't say, just do this so you can say you did it. He said, do this in remembrance because I need to be reminded of the cross of Jesus Christ. I need to be reminded. I need to remind myself that I'm not defined by my faults of this past week or the times that I lost my temper or the times that I didn't measure up or the times that I didn't do what God wanted to do. I need to be reminded that Jesus died for the sin that happened, for the sin that's happening, and for the sin that will happen. I need to be reminded that this right here, it's not my home. I need to be reminded that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place where there's no sickness, there's no more tears, there's no more death. That's what I'm doing. I need to be reminded that I'm a child of God. That through this blood, I became a child of God. A joint heir with Jesus Christ. Do this so you remember what grape juice tastes like in little wafers. Or do this so you can know the power of the new covenant in I'm going to ask you guys to sing. And I'm going to ask some gentlemen to pass out the elements. And in just a moment, we're going to do the tradition. And I'm proud to do the tradition today. I'm proud to call it a tradition. Pause for a moment. My wife said, what song should I sing today? We're offering our communion because, you know, we plan these things for the last minute. Go ahead and put the words of this song up behind me. I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her what to say. Go to the next slide. I want you to read those words. As we prepare for communion, we need to be led to the cross of Jesus Christ. As we prepare for this moment, I want to be at His cross so I can see this moment through the lens of all 
that was accomplished, so I can see the gravity of what was suffered for me, so I can see the extent of God's love demonstrated before me. Lead me to the cross this morning. So as we pass out these elements, I I encourage you to pray that God would lead you to the cross. If you've never been to the cross, if you've never recognized the value of the cross, I want to tell you that Jesus Christ died on a cross so that you might have a full life with God, so that your sin could be forgiven. How do I get there? Scripture says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are living in the promise of the cross. Everyone in this room that was an offering for you, everyone in this place, God did that so you would know. Lead me to the cross. As they sing, I encourage you to pray into that promise as we position ourselves, the heart position that this is not simply something we're doing with our lips, but it's an attitude and a position of our heart this day.
Has everyone in here been served? Let's go to the cross. out of my life it's foolishness if you take that cross out of my life it makes no sense if you take that cross out of this moment it doesn't mean a thing song just said lead me to the cross lead me to God is found in this moment. The heart of God is revealed in what we're celebrating. The body was broken so that we could live in the fullness of the promise so I could partake. So the promise of God could become a very part of me. I don't understand the life science behind it, but I know when I drink this grape juice, it becomes a very part of my being. The promises of God become the very part of your DNA, the very part of your body. that can happen 2,000 years ago. It's foolishness apart from the cross, but can still transform me today. It's foolishness apart from the cross. It makes no sense that what Jesus Christ did could make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. It doesn't make sense that a, that a guy dying 2,000 years ago can bring about forgiveness of sin in your life apart from the cross. Because it's the revelation of the heart of God. As we spend time positioning our hearts, I desire that you experience the heart of God this morning. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus. On the night He was betrayed, He took bread. When He given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body. is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, shortly before he would be on the cross, his body beaten, his body broken, said to his followers, this body is for you. What I'm about to endure is for you. God, I thank you for the cross. Thank you that even in the garden as Jesus prayed about how heavy the will of God was going to be, that he endured the cross 
God, I thank you that, that he endured the cross for us. It's for us. Pray we can partake. Let us partake. In the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. God, I pray that my tradition this morning of partaking of this cup would be a declaration of the Lord's death in my life. There would be a declaration of every promise that was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. That it would be a declaration of everything that is mine through His blood which was shed for me. The cup of the new covenant, the promise and plans of God are in our hands. covenant that was revealed through a cross. I promise that you'll always be with us. You're never going to leave us. The promise that I am forgiven. The assurance that I'm a child of God. knowledge that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. A joint heir with Jesus Christ. One you've deemed worthy to be used by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. that is full a cup that is overflowing because of the cross in Jesus name and as you partake of this cup I desire that you think of every promise of everything that was accomplished through the cross and you allow that to become a very part of your being let us partake This morning, I want to end in a non-traditional way. Is that okay? Everybody should say yes now, or else I've got to preach again. So say yes. And I just want to continue to allow people to linger in the sanctuary. I know there's going to be a lot that's going on. There's going to be food that's getting out. That's fine. We can get the food out. You can go visit. I'm going to do my priestly blessing in a moment. But if you just want to linger in the presence of God, if you just want to spend some time considering the cross and allowing that to be an extension of what we just accomplished, I want to leave the sanctuary for that moment for a little while. So I'm going to say the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may what you do, whatever traditions take place in your life, begin with the cross. Amen? Be blessed.